Hi, and welcome to this episode of Bloodhound Picks. As always, I am one of your hosts, Craig. I'm Kyle. And this is Josh. And this episode, we are we have one of our double features, Josh's pick, and we are doing Split Second and I See You or Detox. And the I is the actual spelling of the I ball instead of the letter. <laughs> so... <laughs> Josh, you take us away. I'm assuming you'll probably want to go with split second as it came up. That's fine. I mean, okay. that's the order they came out, so we can do it that way. So yeah, split second. I unloaded a full clip, 450 Magnum, point blank. It disappeared. He can hear its heartbeat. Where'd he go? He knows it's out there. Somebody must have seen something. He knows what it can do. Are you telling me? There's something running around loose in this city, ripping the hearts out of people and eating them. Maybe he eats them for breakfast. Now it's really pissing him off. Foster! And his new partner. I work alone. Makes two. Paranoid people with guns are a menace to society. You'd be paranoid too if you had a dipshit like this following you. Stuck up nonos and serial homicide. Oh, terrific. It has no motive. The only thing we know for sure is that he's not a vegetarian. No! It has the DNA structure of all its victims. It gives no warning. You're ready to die. But one thing's for certain. We could get bigger guns. It ain't no pushover. Two, yeah. Bingo. We want to get to Cannon Street. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes, we do. Boy, are you pushy. I wouldn't say this thing thinks it's safe. I'd say it is safe. Rat bastard! Satan is a deep shit. seen i've seen this movie a few times i did rewatch it yesterday though for the, specifically for this show and i liked it even more than i remembered liking it <laughs> so i mean you know it's this is this is your uh this is your like log line or synopsis of of split second it's uh in a flooded future london detective harley stone hunts a serial killer who murdered his partner and has haunted him ever since. He soon discovers what he is hunting might not be human, which for some mind-boggling reason, the fucking poster art spoils um, in some of the most clueless fucking marketing ever, considering <laughs> as the plot of this film unfolds, they make it seem like it's a 100% human killer uh, when in fact... Yeah, we're going to spoil it. It's uh, an alien sort of ripoff monster thing. One of the things that for me that I obviously, like I said, I've seen this a few times, but um, 
One of the things that I was kind of mesmerized by is how many genres this movie fucks with because it's a lot, right? It's, it's a science fiction film. It's definitely a horror film. It's a monster film, subgenre. It's a fucking buddy cop film. It's a neo-noir film. I mean, it, and it, and it does a pretty it's, good job, I think, of it's marrying. Also, it's post-apocalyptic and yeah. it's kind of action too. And action. Yeah. And, you know, um, it does a really good job, I think, <laughs> of melding together all this shit because obviously most movies, I think, crossover genres, whether it be one or two or three, even this fucking movie has like seven or eight and it does a great job to me anyway, of kind of melding them all together. And it's a fucking comedy too. I, I forgot how funny <laughs> a lot of the shit is in it. And I don't even necessarily know if it was that intentional or Rutger Hauer is just so into this goddamn role <laughs> that he could literally say, he could literally say anything and it would be funny, but it's just, you know, again, we're talking about great actors before we came on and he's obviously one of them. And he just ran like a motherfucker with this character, this ridiculous fucking character of Harley stone, which has got to be one of the stupidest names I've ever fucking come up with <laughs> or heard for a fictional fictional person i mean the guy is like sort of the character is like sort of a cliche in that right he's just an asshole he hates everything he couldn't be any more cynical you know he survived i think you know one of the one of the characters tells another character that he just survives on coffee chocolate and anxiety and i'm like <laughs> that's fucking hilarious again i don't know if it's really supposed to be funny but it was fucking hilarious and but yeah, I mean, Rutger Howard just eats the ever loving shit up out of this role. And it is sort of a cliched kind of character, but I don't know. He sells it to me and he, you can tell that he just loves it. What did you guys think of Split Second? I liked it. I've never seen it. So it was one that's on my watch oh, cool. list forever because of Rutger Howard and that poster. It was pretty fucking hilarious. And just his yeah. character is such an asshole, as you said, and is so like <laughs> he's such a stereotype. A Rucker Howard commits to it so much that it's hilarious, and it's cool, <laughs> weird, supposed future two thousand eight <laughs> flooded yeah. London. Yeah, it was fucking. The only thing you know what was weird about it, and she did fine, but like Kim Cattrall, her character just mm. felt weird. I don't know. I don't think she did a bad job. There's just something weird about that. Uh, she kind of felt, you know, I don't know, I guess one of those where she's just kind of thrown in as a love yeah. interest. I don't know. She just, I it mean, felt she, like. She didn't have yeah. anything to do other than that. Yeah. Well, and that the, the relationship between her and Rutger Hauer was weird because it was like, yeah. at first it didn't seem like, like we know they had an affair, right? Because she is the, she used to be married to his partner that got killed. So we know they had an affair. But I didn't necessarily think that they were like dating one another, but then they just start kissing and like acting like they're in a relationship. And I was like, yeah. all right, I guess, but yeah. you know, none of this really matters, but okay, fine. The scene where they first meet was weird. Yeah. Cause I mm. got that too. And I was like, 
I didn't get for a second that that was that guy, his partner, his dead partner's ex-wife. So then I was like, wait a minute, is this just some other person he's dating? Is this his sister? Who is this? Yeah. But it was, <laughs> but when he kisses her in the hospital, like awkwardly, is pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> and then I love that like during the climax, instead of doing the typical like whatever explosion and then they kiss and that's kind of the end. They're just making out as that train is exploding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, no, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I was kind of like Kyle where uh, I'll get more into it in our second film where I wanted to watch it for many years because of the poster. And then um, I watched it a couple months ago, I think, because I found it on Amazon Prime. It was late at night. Yeah. First, I mean, I love the, because I don't know when you get like a I know this is set in England when you get an American post-apocalyptic film it's always really like widespread and everything and then for some reason there's certain ones out of Europe where it seems like they they just utilized I don't know if you find like bed sitting room from the 60s where they went to just a landfill or, or ones like this where it's like they just found an area that was kind of a swamp area or things like that that they could just utilize instead of and it works perfectly to kind of make it more unique than just your you know desert whatever you find in any sort of mad max or mad max knockoff i will say with the movie itself <laughs> it feels like somebody going through withdrawals <laughs> where it's like so there's the character's line delivery is so to or tonally different where one second he'll be like almost buddy buddy with um Durkin. Durkin. Yeah, Durkin. He'll be almost buddy buddy. And then the second line later, he's like grabbing him and shoving him up against the wall. Or things Calling like him that. a fucking asshole. Yeah. And it just goes back and forth like that throughout with there's um That's called like, drama, Craig. Yeah. But it just it comes out of nowhere throughout. And some of the line readings are weird or things like that. Like from like production and all of that standpoint, like it works so well. And then what is it? There's the scene, you know, obviously we're spoiling stuff where he he gets the the heart where it's like the mold of the heart. No, it's the mold of the creature's teeth. Yeah, okay, yeah. So he gets that, he goes out of the crime scene into the alley. There's no sign of the creature anywhere. There's not like um sounds or anything and then he just starts firing he yells foster oh, yes. and firing in the air dude like that yeah it just comes out of nowhere so much stuff and it feels like um they spoof it i don't even know if it's specifically this but i know kyle you wanted to get into it potentially in the future but um matthew holness's um garth Marenghi's dark place and yeah, like we... that's this yeah the same way the lines are done but that is completely like a you know a spoof of this type of stuff is how it feels <laughs> kind of i mean yeah. yeah but no there's another point like it, early on i don't remember what they cut to if it's just dick durkin or whatever something <laughs> something's going on like within the first 10 minutes and then yeah. right before rucker howard goes back to the goes to the police station for the first time there's that shot of him like grabbing cell bars <laughs> and just yelling but then it cuts to him like at the counter like checking his gun yeah <laughs> you're like what the fuck <laughs> i mean it's amazing but i was like that 
didn't make sense. Yeah. But I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. I think I want another thing that I was um really kind of paying attention to more than the plot, because you know, like I said, this is I don't even know how many times I've seen this, but the production design was amazing. Like yeah. literally everywhere and like making you know London all flooded out and it you know part of the so this was we said it came out in 92 takes place in the future which was 2008 you know it's never daylight anymore um <laughs> which is which all worked really well um you know that really gets into the science fiction point of of the genre that it that it plays with but yeah i thought the production design was great for yeah. literally everything like the police station looked cool that fucking morgue scene looked cool. Even the bar scene looked cool. Um, and then, you know, transforming, having it rain constantly and, you know, having the the flooding. I mean, it all looked really good. And yeah. they clearly spent money to to make it look good. I think even the creature yeah. looks pretty good, even though it's kind of an alien ripoff. But they... They use it sparingly enough, except for when you see like its full head, and you can see there's like a. <laughs> you can just tell, like, did you take a motorcycle helmet and put a bunch of shit on it? Because now he just <laughs> has like a visor where his eyes would be. Yeah, I actually, I actually thought that the creature was probably the worst looking thing in it. <laughs> I thought, but it was you know, okay. yeah, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I mean, at least. You know, if even if that's even if that is true, if that's the worst looking thing in it, I mean, fuck, at least they, you know, you don't really ever see it until the end anyway. So that's what I thought that they did that was good was like it was yeah. super tall. Yeah, you didn't really see it. And then when like right before you really see it at the end, like it comes up behind Wrecker Hauer and it's just a close shot. So you just see like a big hand coming around him like that stuff was like I was like, at least you're using it cleverly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I did think, too, another thing that was definitely not intentionally hilarious was this 10-foot-tall alien rip-off-ish creature um, wields a fucking machine gun at one point, which was also fucking hilarious. Like, dude, you're a fucking 10-foot-tall beast that rips people's hearts out. Why are you shooting people? <laughs> dude, you know, my favorite part was... Um... <laughs> when Dick Durbin, like, I think it's when he gets shot, he gets like shot out of a window and then you find out he yeah. just had a bulletproof vest or whatever, but he gets all stressed out. And so Rucker Hart just starts like giving him chocolate and coffee and then yeah. they go to the evidence locker and they're just looking at all these guns like this isn't big enough. No, this one's not big enough. We need bigger guns. I'm surprised. I thought your favorite part would be, you know, where in that club, the, you know, the club scene. I forgot because Josh, you mentioned it, where he is pointing the gun at all the people, and then he points good. the gun at the dog. <laughs> My favorite part was earlier in the club scene when he's just okay. like, "I need coffee." Where the fuck yeah. is my coffee? That he brushes his teeth, washes or swishes it out with coffee, then washes it all down with a cigarette or whatever. I, also, we have to mention the fucking pigeons in his apartment. <laughs> That was one of the funniest moments. So like Kim Cattrall comes back with him and they're having their, they're catching up or whatever, but there's a moment where you can just see she's a, like a pigeon flew by. They're talking. Then another one, like almost hits her in the face and you can see it's like a real pigeon, real reaction. And he's just yeah. like, sorry about the pigeons. See, and I'm that, 
Like that part I didn't know because there are so many instances of I mean obviously Ridley Scott made both movies of you know Alien and Blade Runner. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. I was gonna yeah. say like yeah, Rucker sure. Hauer is the bird actor now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad he brought. I'm glad Kyle you brought up the apartment because in conjunction with how ludicrous having pigeons flying around are because his windows are broken, isn't that what he says? So. Yeah. obviously pigeons yeah. are just gonna you know fly through your apartment the character's name is harley stone right so <laughs> you don't you don't necessarily even know that his first name is harley and i think the reason that they they kind of kept that out of the dialogue and everything was because it comes up in a another humorous way but it, it, in the apartment in in the character's apartment there's all of this fucking harley davidson memorabilia and shit and also a full motorcycle and the only thing i could think of is how the fuck did he get that in there <laughs> considering you know he, he what did he live on like the fucking seventh floor or something like dude did he build that from scratch just sitting right there i mean that's the only way you would get that fucking thing in there <laughs> That's the only thing you can do when you're stuck on a case you can't solve, Josh. Yeah. Just build a motorcycle in your in your loft <laughs> for ten years <laughs> or whatever the amount of time it was. I love that uh, we also so we get those like one or two flashbacks of his partner's death <laughs> or like right before, but it's complete with like the partner being poorly dubbed and everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where you're just like, this is supposed to be sort of an emotional moment, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> Yeah, those, those, I think it happens twice. And th those moments are so weird. Like, even like with the like sepia tone of the image or whatever. And it's just like, I really don't think you needed to have either one of those in there. I mean, I get what you're doing, but it just looks so fucking weird. Other than, I guess, like seeing that little bit of the creature like run by or whatever. I don't, I mean, you really yeah, don't need true. that either. Yeah. You have people's getting their fucking hearts ripped out. Like, we <laughs> yeah. know it's not a real person. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, also, we need to talk about the level <laughs> of how exposition is given. And this kind of goes into the dialogue. <laughs> One thing I remember is but there's the whole point where Dick notices that apparently the blood hasn't dripped off the ceiling it's caked in this like blood sign, the astrological scorp Scorpio sign. You could smear blood, Craig. Yeah. There's, okay. Look, I'm only... the blood logic guy here. No, I'm <laughs> saying it only happens to drip. Like it's been there for so oh, long. Yeah. It's this true. whole thing. And it only drips like the once on Rucker Hauer's gun or whatever. That's sad and... blood logic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> so then he also talks about there's this symbol and that it's a cult. And there's this whole conversation where he's like, oh, well, you went to school, so you know about this stuff. <laughs> like, well, what does that even mean? The three of us, you know, as we've talked about on the show, met in school. And I don't think we ever had a, I mean, you know, yeah, that have gen ed of occult knowledge. Or that's, stuff classic, like that. that's classic. That's <laughs> classic cop stereotype, though, where he's like, yeah. this fucking college fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. But right well, well, not right after that, but there's a scene in the bar where they're talking about it later. Yeah. And Dick Durkin gives his off-the-cuff theory of, like, I think it has to do with the 
killer being a Scorpio and like the cycle of the moon or whatever. He gives this whole theory. Just no one asked him. Then Rucker Howard <laughs> goes, I want to hear your fucking theory without like referring to any educational, whatever. Like, I want to hear what you think. And I was like, he just said what he thought. <laughs> I mean, to, to, to the, to the credit of the Dick Durkin character though. And by the way, I guess we should have mentioned this. I don't know, an hour ago, Dick Durkin is the partner of Rutger yeah. Howard. So right, he's the young kid that's fresh out of detective school. Who's supposed to, <laughs> I guess who's supposed to watch <laughs> Rucker Howard too because to yeah. make sure he doesn't yeah like go go, go off which yeah doesn't which he doesn't every scene <laughs> <laughs> anyway what I was gonna say is there the the Dick Durkin character is um didn't th didn't they say something about his like one of his uh. I don't even know if it was, it wasn't his degree, but he was like involved with like the occult or serial killers or something specialized like that. Yeah. So, I mean, at least, you know, most people probably would not even remember that that was mentioned, but I mean, I did. So um, at least it was thrown in there. So it wasn't like total, like, yeah, he's just going to, randomly know about this fucking shit that you know there's no way because because the plot needs him to know about it he's gonna yeah. know yeah well yeah i mean i thought that made sense in this movie because he's the one that starts offering all these theories like he knows all this shit yeah. but we also have to talk about how dick durbin or dick durkin runs five miles every morning yeah and he gets laid every day every night <laughs> Every night, all of yep. that water. So, so that's even harder. <laughs> that's resistance. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's lying. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a guy that would lie. <laughs> <laughs> so are we ready to move on to I See You? You ever play hide and seek? What makes that game so much fun? It's when the hunter is staring right at you. One by one, he takes them. I see you, but you don't see me. One by one, they fall. Nine dead cops inside of six months. This guy's a different breed. FBI agent Jake Malloy has followed his trail to this remote outpost. There's only ten of you cops. I don't think anyone's gonna be bored. Now, one by one... Jack's missing. His fellow officers are turning up dead. Split the building into sections. Each person will clear that area. Life begins with death. He knows how the killer works. What are you looking for? It's him. He's taking trophies. He knows how he thinks. You studied guys like this, right, Doc? They don't just kill you. What he doesn't know is who the killer is. We're dropping like flies here. Hey, Malloy, time to see how strong you really are. Shouldn't you be at home? It's in my house. 1311, oh, west side. Go, go. I'm sorry, but Mary can't come to the phone right now.
second movie I picked, which I've seen several times also, I actually own it. And I hadn't seen it for a while. It's I See You, right? It's from 2002, the slasher film with Sylvester Stallone. I'm sorry, it's an American psychological thriller. My bad. So this movie is also based on a book, yeah. which I thought was weird. I'm assuming that the book probably reads a lot better than this movie <laughs> was. I mean, And, and different. <laughs> and I'm sure it was a lot different. Yeah. yeah. The, the novel is called Jitter Joint, and it was written by Howard Swindle. No idea who that guy is, but from the same year. So basically, uh, let me get to uh, our log line or whatever the fuck you want to call it. The synopsis for I See You. The log line is a lead detective being stalked by a serial killer is asked to check into a clinic treating law enforcement officials who can't face their jobs. That is sort of what this movie is about. That's the stupidest fucking sounding thing I've ever heard. Essentially, this movie turns into you have you have Stallone as this cop, right? And um, this killer is running around murdering other cops. And then the killer basically just starts targeting Stallone and, in fact, kills Stallone's girlfriend who he was going to marry. And it kind of shoves him over the edge and he basically wants to kill himself and his his good friend Charles S Dutton convinces him to go to Wyoming to this rehabilitation facility run by Chris Christofferson who's a former cop and it's the building is like this it's basically like the thing the outpost mm-hmm. in the thing um it even kind of fucking resembles it And it's out in the middle of nowhere in the dead of winter in Wyoming, where there's this, you know, there's, I don't even remember the exact number, uh, six or seven, eight, 10 other characters, um, basically trapped in this, in this place. So it sounds fucking badass. (laughs) Stallone in a slasher film. This is a slasher film too, by the way. Um, fuck that psychological shit, whatever it, whatever it said, that the genre is this is a slasher film and you'll see what i mean if you if you see it especially the way that this 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 killer kind of you know does his shit but it sounds like it would be really good and honestly i i liked the movie for a while and then it really kind of hits a wall <laughs> it's got a magnificent cast too which we should mention because it's ridiculous the fucking cast that they somehow managed to get together for this movie you know aside from stallone you have robert patrick chris christopherson tom berenger charles s dutton who i already mentioned jeffrey wright who's nearly unrecognizable in the role he plays uh stephen lang robert prosky sean patrick flannery i mean it's just ridiculous the cast that they somehow managed to get for this movie. Largely every character, every, every one of these actors though, minus Stallone, because obviously it's his, it's his movie. They're so underutilized and to the point where it's almost like you could have gotten me to play one of those parts. (laughs) And you know what I'm saying? And nobody would know the difference because 
you know, we mentioned uh, before we started this show that so Chris Christopherson is the the lead uh, doctor guy at this at this rehab center. Right. And it's like, oh, that's a cool role for him. Everybody loves Chris Christopherson, you know, rugged guy. This is a perfect role for him, except for he's in the movie for what? Maybe five fucking minutes of screen time. And it's like, why even bother? Like, you know, it's like in the five minutes that he's in it, it's it's cool to see him. He's obviously a really good actor, but why even bother? And then he dies. So, I mean, that's essentially what happens to all of these characters too. Um, it, and, and the, that's where the, that's another uh, place where the thing uh, comes up is there's this overwhelming paranoia of everyone sort of out to get each other um, sort of thing that goes on. It's nowhere near as good as the thing, but um, it clearly likes it a lot. So I guess it's, it's worth mentioning. But yeah, it, it I like I I thought it I thought it was good for a while. There's just a lot of there's a lot of stuff that is sort of neglected with having especially actors that are the, that are this good and this many character actors too together basically in one room. They're not in one room, but one location um that that I don't know, it it doesn't work and um, it's unfortunate because, like I said in in describing this thing, it sounds like it should be fucking badass, but it's just not really. And it just it, it does. It gets to a point like maybe an hour in where it's just like, how is this still going? Like, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So before the we start recording, I was telling them about this. So when I was young, I had a handful of VHSs and like early DVDs where you couldn't skip the trailers. And I can't remember what those were now, but I watched them a ton. And this was one of the main trailers. So I've seen this trailer more than any trailer ever. Yeah, and I didn't actually watch the movie until for the first time until a couple of years ago. So I've known about this trailer all this time. The trailer is whatever. You know, it's a trailer. It's not even that great. But <laughs> um, yeah, the movie itself... I'd say you can kind of tell, I know it was done in 99 and then kind of, it was shelved for three years. And during that time they did reshoots, re-edits, they what recomposed, they pretty much re everything of the movie. And you can tell that there was a lot of studio interference and you can tell that it was meant to be a horror movie, like Josh said, but you know, it was in that stage where, Horror movies weren't doing too well in the 90s, box office-wise, so everything was trying to be the psychological thriller or trying to reach that seven level of like, oh, well, that's, it's going to be a dark crime thriller or whatever it may be. So you can kind of feel that in it. And I don't know, I think the premise is fun. I always love a good movie set in the winter and a thing-like movie, and I'm always there for it. But yeah, it's just you have all of these great characters that are just there. Like Josh was saying, they're not like you just didn't use any of them. And you could kind of tell that Stallone was still in his ego phase, which he's probably still in today. But where 
you know, <laughs> where he just needed to have control out of everything. And, you know, there's like, I love Copland and it will appear on <laughs> the all 90s edge and all the time episode. <laughs> Um, so I love Copland and it's that whole shift at the end of the nineties where he's trying so hard to be like, I just don't want to be the action guy. And yet there's moments in the script that don't call for it. And they added action like without spoiling. I don't know. I know we don't want to spoil too much for anybody like who the killer is and stuff like that. But you know, it definitely has Stallone showing his strength at points when it's not really necessary for that type of movie yeah and all these kind of underused characters they aren't really given proper arcs or stuff i don't it just kind of feels like they're throwing they're given a stereotype of, of like whatever like jeffrey wright is the narc cop who tried to kill himself and that's just like that's who he is oh you're the that's your kind of thing and then that's it like all surface level and it's how it feels. I feel like we were talking about two beforehand. It's something where they could have just started with Stallone entering the facility. You wouldn't even need a lot. They spend so much time on the setup that when you get to the actual the facility, it's kind of you're already exhausted by everything else. Well, I, just real quick, it's clearly it was clearly one of those things that was done like intentionally within the script was to yeah. The first act of this is going to be all this. And then the second act from till the end is going to be this drastic change where now we're in, you know, the, the location of right. the rehab center. But yeah, I agree that you should have had that. Like if it was like 24 minutes in, yeah. you should have done it like 15 minutes in. Yeah. You should have been, you know, just to speed it up because it literally just hits a fucking wall and yeah. you're just like dude you wasted because, way too much yeah. time <laughs> because the cop all the other cops and the key players in this movie yeah you know, they aren't introduced to way later and the movie itself is only what's well, like 97 minutes i can't remember oh it's like 92 95. minutes yeah yeah and so like you don't really get that much time with anybody besides well, not, you know yeah and not only that but like you like honestly do you know their names the character names yeah. because exactly and it's like it's you it's not for lack of them you know not saying the fucking names it's because <laughs> it's because you don't you don't it's not memorable at all it's yeah. just like oh yeah it's tom berenger yeah oh yeah, yeah. somehow the... or another he's a fucking janitor or whatever <laughs> in this movie like yeah. you're a fucking a-list star like kyle was yeah. saying but you know you're gonna be a great janitor yeah I mean, for the sake of, yeah, for the sake of watching it for the podcast, I had the, I had to keep looking at like the, either the IMDb or the Wikipedia or whatever it may be just to, for the cast, the names, because, and I'd keep going <laughs> back throughout, throughout the movie, like, wait, so his name was Slater. His name was, what is it? Jadarski or what I don't even remember now. Yeah, and it's like top why, of my head, but yeah. Why would you pick names that are that impossible to <laughs> yeah. fucking, you know, like even pronounce? Like Jesus, yeah. dude. <laughs> well, why would you why do you get all those great actors and not use them? Yeah. That's like yeah, the biggest I mean, problem. Like it's clearly yeah. it's clearly a, a one protagonist movie. Yeah. And then we introduce an ensemble and then we're like, yeah, this isn't going to be an ensemble movie though. We're just going to have them here do fucking nothing. Yeah. 
because it's Stallone and he can't work with an ensemble. They could have Which cut is... down all those people too, yeah. like in half. Oh yeah, for sure. There could have been, you know, I like I said, there was like maybe eight or nine, maybe total. Yeah, you yeah. could have done well with just five at the most. That would have worked. But you needed a body count. That's true, and you know, we haven't really. We haven't even mentioned, so we haven't even really talked about this, the killer guy and how kind of just outright ridiculous all <laughs> of that was. So essentially what happens is, and again, we're spoiling the shit out of this and I'm not going to fucking hesitate, but um, essentially this guy that's the killer in the film, uh, he's really got it in for Stallone's character, right? And as we mentioned, the killer murders uh stallone's girlfriend that he was going to ask to marry him and that's the kind of catalyst that pushes him over the edge okay blah 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 so you learn sort of that one of the cops in the rehab center is not who he says he is because he took over the identity essentially of the guy that was supposed to be there anyway that's fine and that, that you know whatever but when you kind of sort of learn like the motivation behind why this killer is doing what he's doing it's just kind of like wait huh is that yeah. is that fucking real because it, it it doesn't have to me anyway it like it was so ludicrous that he was murdering all of these fucking people and you know he's clearly way smarter than everyone it's just like dude just be happy with that like i don't really think it warrants you murdering all of these police officers and going to all of this fucking trouble to do what you're doing it's like fuck so, yeah so how he was murdering initially before he committed suicide and they thought he was dead or whatever maybe yeah so he, that, he, he, he seemed like he committed suicide yeah and, you know the movie's over the killer's yeah. dead yeah. obviously that shit didn't happen yeah and so he knocked on the door would knock on like their door they would go look into the like the people of their door and then he would drill through it get them in the eye and then you know then shoot them like that was the thing it's like well if that was your mo like you had to really hope that one they had a people in their door and that like that's a whole like setup that's a lot harder than <laughs> <laughs> and it's also just and not it, like you it's a cool idea and then they cut it so quick like the two times yeah. they show it and i'm like this is like the coolest idea in the whole movie and you just <laughs> yeah. like breeze by that well and it's fucking hilarious too now that we bring that up is that you <laughs> he does it to two different people in the span of what like <laughs> 10 minutes and it's yeah. like damn dude that shit is working out well for you yeah. he also fucking so he uses a voice changer and then he hangs he hangs all the bodies apparently but especially yeah. the way he hangs like stallone's girlfriend i'm just like you guys saw scream and you were like well we'll take that voice changer for the yeah. phone call. <laughs> hanging people looks cool we're gonna take that yeah oh fuck that's funny that you mentioned that too because i like i said i've seen this movie a bunch it had been a while though and like at the very beginning of the film like as the credits are rolling you get like the what is obviously the antagonist the killer's voice like doing this voiceover thing with the voice changer and i'm like holy shit you guys really liked scream didn't you <laughs> i mean just right out of the gate we're gonna just th this is this is we're gonna take the scream voice changer 
because yeah. it almost sounds like it too i know and it's well it's just like right <laughs> out of the gate scream and seven we're just taking that yeah. shit right there oh yeah even the way that the credit sequence is put together it's yeah. like yeah dude you like fincher shit too don't you yeah uh, i can tell so i yeah. was super disappointed by the twist also because <sighs> Yeah, because well, I mean, obviously, there's the feeling that like, well, maybe this is all some kind of setup just to get Stallone because it's so kind of outlandish of a place. The place yeah. looks like a fucking location from a James Bond movie. Yeah, it does. Like it it yeah. looks like it's it should be in Goldeneye. Um, <laughs> but you know, I mean, you feel like well, it's got to be fucking Chris Christopherson or it's got to be the female doctor, somebody that's like being close to Stallone. Or what I or like Stephen Lang is like way too much of a red herring because he just is glaring at every <laughs> every <laughs> line he has is fuck you. He's yeah. like, oh yeah, it's nice to see you, but his subtext is fuck you. I'm gonna kill yeah. you. But I really fucking wanted this dude. It would never happen because it's a Stallone movie. But I was like, it would be so fucking cool if the twist was that Stallone just lost his goddamn mind and he doesn't even yeah. know that he's just like killing everybody. Yeah. Yeah, um, and they they so, so one thing that I did think it sort of worked in the movie. I don't know that it necessarily was good, but I felt like it. What what something that did work was kind of placing everyone under suspicion, even for the audience, right? Because obviously, you know, like you just were mentioning with the Stephen Lang character, like he just clearly, like right away, it's like okay. Could be Stephen Lang, plus it's Stephen Lang, but <laughs> as Kyle said, that's way too fucking obvious. So in doing that, I think having an ending where it wasn't real would have been so much more impactful because you're definitely trying to make the audience think of, well, it's got, could it be this person? Could it be this person? Could it be this person? And then have it not be any of them? I mean, that would have worked better for damn sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you've already you already spent so much time focusing on Stallone in the beginning too. Yeah. That it could be mm. like good, but yeah. But since yeah, again, since it's Stallone, he's notorious for doing rewrites on his stuff, and you know, I don't well, I don't even think to this day he could ever be not even a villain, but yeah, put himself as either dying or being a horrible character, you know, character or stuff like that. Like there's just certain a certain boundary he won't cross. It seems he'll whatever in Rambo have all these horrible things happen to other people, especially if you've seen the last the last Rambo or whatever. Isn't it just called Last Rambo? But but yeah, his character is still all righteous and all that. <laughs> oh yeah, Last Blood. That's there we a, go. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic of how awesome Last Blood was. Yeah. If you want to hear us talk about that movie. <laughs> I mean, it is semi-horror. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is fucking semi-horror, I'm telling you. Speaking of slashers, yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, this 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 movie yeah. um yeah, like Craig mentioned this, it it was shot in 1999 and it literally just sat in a fucking vault or whatever for 3 fucking years as you know, they did this or they fucked with this or they tinkered with this or whatever was going on. I mean, if that doesn't spell, there's got it. There's there's something wrong if if it's taking that, especially with all these actors, like the actors alone should just sell this movie. 
and well, they, they try, did, but they did a, a test audience too when it first was done, and that's what really set everything, I think, rolling. From what I read up on it, like it was ready to go, and then the test audience was really negative with it. Yeah, I, I wonder, wonder why. I wonder what the original like cut was like. Yeah, was any better or just as stupid? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure. I I can guess it was probably darker. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't as actiony. I don't know. I know they said they changed the ending, which was yeah, clearly I mean, written. Changed, yeah. Which was clearly written by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. They yeah they even rewrote story arc elements. It was just basically a whole. A ba basically a new movie from what it sounds like. And now I just want to write a S Stallone slasher where he's working on a movie and they want him to be a bad guy and he just flips his shit and starts <laughs> killing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now see, that movie sounds awesome. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah. Still, still in shape to be able to do that. <laughs> You're goddamn right, yeah. yeah. He needs He needs the work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we've pretty much covered the fact that uh, on paper, this movie should be amazing. And it's just, yeah, it's just a complete, you know, obviously there were issues going all the way up to fucking, you know, studio suits and fucking who knows. So they ended up taking what should have been a badass thing and making it not badass. <laughs> so our favorites are split second. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great kind of, I guess, showing contrast of like two movies that use a bunch bunch of different genres, and then one that works despite its flaws, and one that doesn't work despite its strengths, or you know, yeah. Well, or yeah. One, yeah. Well, one that really doesn't know what it is too. Like this, yeah. you know, like they're trying to do a slasher, but they're like, we don't really want to do a slasher. We don't really know how slashers work. <laughs> and that's why this movie doesn't fucking work at all. Yeah, yeah very true. It, it's just like you get it. You should probably figure that out before you know you commit to a fifty-five million dollar budget or whatever it was to pay all those really fucking high talent actors for you know basically doing nothing. Tom Berenger, you're I, an A-list actor, but you're gonna be the fucking janitor. But I will say, I still will go with Jeffrey Wright of his. He has the best yeah. line of the whole thing of when he finds out that Stallone was a fed. He says, there's three things oh. that are overrated. Home cooking, home fucking, and the FBI, or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was good. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, the next double feature is my pick, and it will be two Korean films that have potentially may or may not probably never will get remade but high profile american remakes and that is the save the green planet and the chaser will be those picks um, the korean version obviously we're not going to talk about the potential american <laughs> movies that may or may not come if you like the movies that we we're talking about today split second or icu slash detox talk or send us comments like share review if you love them if you hated the films as well which we didn't really hate them but um you know just send us what you think if you have any suggestions obviously because we are reaching the bottom of the barrel for obscure and independent horror films 
we'll try and get to them. And as always, thank you for listening. Bloodhound Picks Podcast is part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Produced by Josh Lee, Craig Drum, and Kyle Hintz. Music by Raymond Seed. Editing by Kyle Hintz.